listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. So blessed to have an opportunity to talk with our next guest. He really is a light in my life, a guiding light, I might call him. Greatest color analyst in BYU basketball history. Fantastic player in his own right. A culinary genius. A great husband and father to great children. It's our next guest, Mark Durant. Mark, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I want you to write my obituary when the time comes. That's about the nicest thing anyone said about me. <laughs> I'm trying to do better on my introductions. I, I introduced Will Snowden. Every time I introduce Will, Will Snowden calls me and he's like, hey, what was that, man? That was that was pretty lame. That was low-key. Can't you <laughs> add a little bit of flair into it? So I, I'm trying to gussy up my introductions a little bit. Man, but... with, that, with that introduction and the Cougar fight song, man, I'm ready to go. Man, let's, <laughs> let's go, man. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I imagine you standing and, and clapping and singing when that comes on, Hans. <laughs> yeah. You know I am, man. You know I am. Looking at a, a BYU flag somewhere, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Mark, you were witness to, I think, one of the greatest games in BYU history. i got to imagine this is number one or number two as far as great wins for Mark Pope. Probably maybe number two, number three, because we're early in the season. We don't know exactly what Oregon is, but... Just a, a, a kind of a quick opening description of what you watched last night and the significance of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I started going to games, the Merritt Center, in the late 70s. I'm a lot older than you. Barely. But watching my brother Devin and Danny Ainge and those guys play. And then, you know, I played myself. And then I've been doing the radio for 25 years now. And I've never seen anything like that. I mean, to, to do that against that caliber of opponent, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll see how Oregon does this year. But they got guys, man. I don't care how they do. They got guys. And Richardson's really good. And they got a slew of 6'11", 7-foot talented athletic guys. You just don't see that done. Uh, you know, a ranked team like that. And basically it's a, a home game for them up in Oregon. And, and it, it took me off guard. I mean, I knew this team was good. And one of the things I really like about them is their defense and their ability uh, to shut people down. And that kind of surprised me the first few games. So I knew that I knew I knew they'd be in the game because they have good defense. And you've got Alex Barcelo, and he's a winner. So I knew BYU would be in the game. But to do that and have it just totally dominate a team like Oregon that was I've never seen anything like it over my over all those years I haven't seen a win like that and so obviously it's very early sometimes early in the season you can kind of I don't think Oregon had played a team like BYU had played a team that played hard defense like that so sometimes you get shocked by that if you're a team and maybe overlooking BYU some and and they just couldn't recover from from that shock of uh, that BYU is actually a good team, and it, it got it got away from them. I mean, we've all been in games that get away from us as players, but man, that was just I was just flabbergasted. I mean, that was so fun, and so many guys. Obviously, Barcelo is awesome, but so many guys played well. Some of these younger guys and the transfers. I mean, it's just that that was a magical night, and uh, yeah, absolutely one of one of the best wins I've ever seen BYU have. 
you know, my senses are telling me to move towards Alec Barcelo and really talk about his game and his 25 points. But I, I want to get from away from that low-hanging fruit just a little bit and talk about the other end that you were just mentioning, the defensive side. And one thing that really stood out to me, very rarely can I remember watching BYU basketball and watching a defender the size of Caleb Lohner move laterally and have a guy lean into him with his shoulder and continue to move lateral and give no room towards the rim. He, he, he was, you cannot back him down. You can't throw a hip into him. He literally bodied up against anything that Oregon threw against him, bodied him up, pushed him back out towards the perimeter, and forced them defensively to take opposite or other looks. Just talk about Caleb Lohner, because it, is there is there any team that really could come in and, and push Caleb Lohner around? And and is is he has he always been this consistent defensively? Well, first of all, uh, you know the, the knock against BYU right hands is always that they just they don't have the athletes, they don't have maybe they don't have the size, and they kind of have to win other ways. And that, that, that was the case when I played. And you know you. If you go to the game and you see both teams warm up, you're like, man, this BYU team, are you serious? I mean, there's always a couple guys who are like, that guy plays college basketball, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. Yep. And that, that's not today's team. I mean, you look at the, the physique of a guy like Caleb Lohner. I mean, he is just a massive dude. And not only massive, he's super athletic. Like you said, he can move his feet, jump out of the gym. <clears throat> And it's not just Caleb. You go down the list. I mean, Gavin Baxter was tremendous last night. So long, moves his feet so well. Terrific defender, able to recover, blocking shots. Uh, Fusini Traore is amazing as well. He's got, I mean, he's a freshman. He's got this big Hans Olsen barrel chest and just a strong, strong dude as a freshman. And he, and he, he has such long arms, could jump. I mean, you blocked four Oregon shots last night. You got about 10 or 15 other drives at the hoop that were altered because of those three guys, the way they play defense. And that's without your starting center at the start of the year, Richard Harward. They're doing it without Harward. And uh, so you got great depth. You got great athleticism, great quickness. I was worried losing a guy like Matt Harms last year, 7'4". And a rim protector, I thought, well, BYU's going to struggle. And it's, they're even better this year. And they've got guys that really are focused, really play hard. The guards know that if they get beat, they have protection. They're able to rotate. They communicate. I mean, it's this is the best so far. I mean, obviously it's early, but this is the best defensive team I think I've seen in the last 25 years doing the, the, the radio. And that, you know, that says a lot. Um, but they they've really bought in. And like I said, they're going to be in almost every game, even when the offense is off, like it was against San Diego state and leaving Cleveland state, they're still going to be in the game, still going to win games because of that defense. It is really impressive. Do we have any updates really quick on that? Six eleven center. You talked about Richard Harward, uh, you know, obviously veteran leader for that team. Do we have any updates on his potential return? Uh, we don't. I mean, when he was out, it was going to be at least a couple of weeks. And I think, you know, it, it, they just want to be uh, air on the side of caution and make sure Richard's in, ready to go and, and, and able to do what they want him to do and that he's, he's comfortable. I mean, he probably is itching to go, I would imagine. But, you know, they just you just can't mess around in, in that area. And so, uh, it, you know, it, it's hard to lose a guy like that. But 
and you don't ever cheer for that, obviously, as a player. But it's been a blessing for Gavin Baxter and, and uh, Foose uh, inside because they're getting a lot more minutes than they otherwise would. And they're two guys that just need minutes because they, they have all the ability. But, uh, you know, when they're on the floor, you can almost see every game, oh, yeah, I can do this and I can do that. And I, I'm getting the confidence and I can block this shot. And, and uh, so it's actually been really good for those guys. But, you know, Richard's a – is a is a unique player for BYU, and he's a guy that can really get get a post touch, and go back to the basket and just hammer and just overpower people. And and BYU needs that kind of guy. But and those other guys have stepped up and are playing really good basketball. Two names that really jumped out to me last night as I watched this: Spencer Johnson and Seneca Knight. Two guys off the bench, combining for 19 points. That shot by Spencer Johnson about a minute left in the first half. It really contested. I want to say. He had help defense, maybe shot over the top of a double, and and dropped it in for three. And, and it was it was kind of one of those momentum moments where Oregon it's not Oregon wasn't doing much offensively, but it scored a bucket. And Spencer Johnson answers with that big shot. And then Seneca Knight dropped in a big three and gave you some offensive presence off the bench. Just talk about those two and, and what they bring to the game. Is that something that BYU fans can rely on off the bench for from both of these guys? Oh, I think so. I think particularly Spencer, he's you know been around and he's he's unflappable. Yeah, he's a terrific defender uh, as well. And and you got good defenders on the wing and Gideon and Seneca and Spencer. Sometimes in the past you've been kind of out 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 athleticized on the wings for BYU, but again, not the case this year. But Spencer's a guy that always seems to hit a, a big time shot. You know, it's a the big three in the second half or that. Like that shot you mentioned late in the shot clock, he he sees one second on the clock, he lets it fly, and and he hits it. And those those kind of things, those kind of shots, just take the wind out of you yeah. if you're playing against them. And that you know, I was part of what uh, BYU was able to do against Oregon. But Spencer, terrific defender, so you know what you're going to get. And and he's a pretty smooth little player offensively. Seneca is a true scorer. You know, he played at San Jose State and led the conference in scoring, so you know the guy can score. And he's just been trying to kind of figure out, okay, I'm not the, the big scorer guy necessarily here, but when, when do I you know, do my thing? And, again, he's a very good athletic defender, but he's starting, I think, now to feel more comfortable in the offense and understanding his role and when he can contribute. But when you can bring in a score like that off the bench, I mean, it's the whole – Jordan Clarkson thing. I mean, it's just invaluable to have a, a guy that can come in and really be an offensive threat on the floor. And this is a guy that's coming in off the bench. So I mean, uh, uh, all those new guys. Uh, you know, T. John Lucas had a great game, and 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 I mentioned Treore and and those those three guys coming in new to the program. You can just see game to game. They just are getting it and getting confidence and. Uh, if that, that offensive confidence can kind of click the way the defense has been, like you, you can see what this BYU team can be. We saw it last night, and uh, hopefully it's something that could care forward in the future. But, man, uh, you, you, as a BYU fan, you just got to be excited about those those guys. BYU color analyst Mark Durant joining us for just a couple more minutes. All right, so, Mark, what were you more impressed by, BYU's 81 points or the fact that BYU held Oregon under 50 points? Under 50, man. I mean, Oregon's a team that was averaging 85 points a game. They don't they don't slow it down. It's not San Diego State that's just going to grind you out. And and you knew it was going to be a, 
more of an offensive game for BYU. So my question was, well, you know, Oregon's going to put points on the board. Can BYU match that? Well, yeah, they, they matched it about 12 minutes left in the game. They were, they were 50 points. I mean, they just, it's remarkable to hold a team like Oregon who is shooting, you know, so well from three, averaging over 10 threes a game. You got Richardson who was shooting over 60% from three to, to just totally shut them down from the perimeter. And they only get 49 points in a game that's not a slowdown game. They just couldn't score against BYU. And uh, so that's that's super impressive to me. I'm, I'm never really impressed with offense uh, that much, but I'm a defensive guy. If you can if you can play defense like keep a team like Oregon under 50, out rebounded by 10. I mean that you know, you've worked hard. I mean that 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 just doesn't fall in your lap. You earned that, and uh, that, that that's just amazing that, that Oregon only got 49 points. I was cheering the last free throw for Oregon. Just don't make this. It just looks better to be in the 40s. You know, it just sounds better. And and he missed it. So good for good for the guys. I mean that 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 just takes a lot of work to to play defense against a team like that to, to hold them to 49 points. And you know what was impressive to me as well, when Oregon would take the shot, and often they missed it, they went 17-53, to 53, they weren't allowed to really work off the offensive boards. And, and I don't know if they were really focusing on that or trying to get back in defense. Mark, you could probably help me with that. I don't know if they were trying to crash the offensive boards. But it did feel like every time there was a, a missed shot, BYU was coming up with the defensive rebound. What were you seeing from Oregon in, in that regard? Were they just bailing on shot, or was BYU beating them on their offensive boards? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they they, they were bailing. Uh, I think the, the the game plan for an Oregon team is to to put the, put up the three and then go get it. I mean, you either make it or we're going to go get it. That's that's almost their offense. A lot, a lot of similar to San Diego State, except San Diego State's a driving team, and then then they go get their offense boards. But but a big part of Oregon's offense is, you know, let's put up the shot, go get the rebound, and the, and part of the reason that they weren't able to get right in the game at any point is because a lot of against most teams they play, even if they're missing shots, that's how they get right. They get the rebound and put it in, and that rights the ship for them, even if they're not shooting well. BYU did not allow that. And then one of the things, that if you can still rebound when a team's crashing the boards, what does that mean? It means you're going to be able to get out in transition because, you know, it's, it's, it's almost one or the other. You're crashing the boards, you're getting back, right? And if you're crashing and the, and the defensive team gets a rebound, then you're not getting back. And that allowed guys like Alex Barcelo to get looks in transition that he normally otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because they did the job on the boards, got it out quickly before the defense could set up. BYU's getting getting open looks, and so uh, you know, and, and it's not a it's not a fluke. You know, San Diego State's one of the best defense and rebounding teams in the country. BYU dominated them on the boards. Now they've done it to Oregon, a, a team with just a murderer's row of front line guys, and they dominated them on the boards. I mean, you, you know, one time it might be a fluke. A couple games in a row like this against two of the better teams in the country it's not a fluke you've got a a defense and a rebounding juggernaut in BYU well that would be my last question for you Mark is this performance this effort this this win is that uh, is this kind of an an output that BYU fans can can expect is this something that could be consistent throughout the year I I know that Oregon is, is one of their toughest opponents on their schedule 
Um, even even when they get into their conference schedule, you've got Gonzaga, and I, I don't know how how good St. Mary's or anybody else in that conference is going to be, but is this something that they can really rely on? Is this something they can expect? That type of effort, energy, rebounding, and and clean play throughout the rest of the year? Well, I mean, that's, that's the question, isn't it? Uh, the season's long. It has ups and downs. They're going to have some off nights, but uh, what they've done – done is just gotten off on the right foot you know that's an espn game last night the top thrill score in the country um it's a you know a national spotlight type game you know they devote a minute of, over a minute last night on sports center to it and you demolish the top uh, number 12 ranked team in the country and so all of a sudden and you're, you're going to be ranked now and so what you've done is you put yourself in a great spot going forward now now the goal is to capitalize on that and to not slip up and that's got to be your motivation now we've we've gotten here now let's keep it let's keep going how high can we get but other teams you know they want to do to BYU what BYU did to Oregon uh, and and they'll bring their best game so it's going to be a challenge but the thing that really makes me think they're going to be really really good is Alex Barcelo is, is not going to get worse he's only going to get better and he's one of the best players in the country and you're doing it without Richard Harward, like we talked about. Caleb Lohner has not found his game. He's, he does a lot of things for you, but his offensive game he has not found. So that's two starters, and and you you know you've got a bunch of guys that are new that they're going to get better. The the trend is definitely up. It's not like BYU is going to backslide in in my estimation. But you, obviously, you never know what's going to happen in a season. But you know, just take it take it take the good that you've done so far and just revel in that, and then try and use the motivations going forward to get better. And I think this team, this coaching staff and this team are smart enough uh, to know and understand those kind of things, and it's a great locker room. So we'll see what happens. By the way, this success and then Mark Pope being the coach and the Big 12 announcement leads to getting a recruit like Chandler. I think everything is starting to uptick for BYU basketball. BYU in general with the Big 12 announcement, how big of a get is that for BYU? Oh, enormous. I mean, first of all, Colin's a guy that can, I mean, you, you need guys like that to compete in the Big 12. And you, and being in the Big 12 post, you get guys like that. And if BYU's able to do what they've done recently in basketball and football without the Big 12, to get to the point they are, you add the, that prestige and the, those resources and the recruits you're going to get being in the Big 12, I mean, it, it's it's a good time to be, a Cougar fan. I mean, uh, you, some, there's been some hard years, right, Hans? But there, this is this is the salad days. I mean, you got to kind of enjoy this. And, but again, not take it for granted. Keep working. Keep doing the things that got you here. But uh, it, it's exciting to to see what's happening. Well, Mark, nothing but love for you, man. Keep doing a great job. Thanks for coming on for a few minutes. We appreciate your insights. Well, I love you too, man. And uh, Miss Scotty, tell him tell him hey. He's 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 an awesome guy, and I I'm just glad to talk to you again. It's been a while. You as well, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Mark. All right, brother. There you go. Color analyst for the BYU Cougars, Mark Durant. Does a fantastic job for them. We'll take a quick break. Live from Tim Daly Infinity. Come down, see this beautiful showroom. Check out these great infinities. I know you've been around them. I know you've seen them. I know you've maybe thought about or wondered about an infinity. You can afford it. You can get into one of these infinities. They've got different financing opportunities for you to make it a monthly payment that you can afford. Certain leases 
that will make it affordable for you. So come in and check it out. This is the only new Infinity showroom in the state of Utah. And it's a Tim Daly showroom. And you know when you buy a car from Tim Daly, you know you're going to get the forever warranty. You drive this Infinity for, let's say you put 180,000 miles on it. Engine goes out. They're going to put a new engine in it for you. It's the forever warranty. It has boosted everything with Tim Daly. It's been such a great promotion for them. But it's exactly what it sounds like. As long as you're driving the vehicle you drive off the Tim Daly lot, it's going to come with that forever warranty. Your transmission goes, bring it in. They replace the transmission. Engine blows up, bring it in. They'll replace the engine. That's the guarantee you get with Tim Daly. Come in and see us just off State Street in Murray. That is Tim Daly Infinity. More Cougar preview show coming up next. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by former BYU wide receiver Dylan Cauley. Kalani getting asked about his interest in other schools and saying, I'm just getting ready for Georgia Southern. When you heard that, what did you think? Part of the game or it meant something about his potential interest in USC and Washington jobs? I think a little bit of both. I know from very personal experience, there is no one who loves BYU football more than Kalani. To sit here and say that there is no chance that he's thinking about taking those jobs or considering those jobs, I think would be naive. I do genuinely believe that he is able to focus in on the next few games, probably with a sense of confidence that he could get those jobs. There is a lot of thought that goes into that and that's why I think I'm glad I'm not in that situation. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I always get caught in this, Lloyd. I, I never know how much insight to provide on a Georgia Southern team and how much people don't want to hear about it. If, it, if, it, if it's boring, how much do we jump into Georgia Southern? Do we take a deep dive? Just kind of a, a shallow on top of things well, kind of got, dive? We've got seven minutes left in this segment. So let's dive in for about seven minutes here. Ooh, I don't know if I can give you seven okay. minutes. Okay, <laughs> let's go for five minutes. Give me go five. For, go for five minutes. Well, uh, last week they ran a two-quarterback system, Cameron Anson and Justin Tomlin. Both of them threw for about 110, 115 yards for 233 yards through the air. This is a Georgia Southern team that definitely wants to run the ball. They're going to get it to Jalen White. Their quarterbacks always have to run. Cam Ranson is really involved in the running game. They did put up 38 points against a garbage Texas State team last weekend. But as I mentioned, Texas State just isn't good. They are not a good team, and Georgia Southern took advantage of it. Uh, one thing that I was somewhat impressed with going through some film review, and, yes, I did watch some Georgia Southern uh, this morning, they are going to try to play in the BYU backfield. The problem is BYU's not going to let them in their backfield. But they did have nine TFLs last week against Texas State, 
and they were actually doing that with four downs. They were doing that with undeveloped pressures. What I mean by that is you were getting defensive linemen that were getting the edge of an offensive lineman and playing in the in the offensive backfield, and which is an impressive feat. But that's Texas State offensive front that really can't fight pressures. So Georgia Southern is going to try to fight you one-on-one. They run a little bit of three-man rush. They like to run a line three up. They'll put the nose tackle and two-four techniques, and and they'll bring maybe an extra defender either off the, the edge, off the wing, or they'll run a middle linebacker into pressure. But it, it, the way they were getting the pressures largely was their defensive line just playing in the backfield of Texas State. So they do have that ability. Uh, they've got one defensive end who – is a decent pass rusher, or it looked like he was a decent pass rusher um, against Texas State, and uh, he's he. I know he's listed as a nose tackle, but they were actually playing him at the four technique um, at times at the five technique. But they would play him at the four technique, and the sack that he got came out of the the four technique. If I remember, it was head up the offensive tackle, just beat him on an outside edge rush, just a, a classic. Uh, just a classic slap rip on the edge and looked okay doing it. You know, he's he's not real big. He's 6'1", 270 pounds probably, but he does have six sacks on the year, so maybe that's one thing defensively to look out for. As far as Georgia Southern's concerned, Lloyd, BYU should beat him up, and they should beat him up soundly. This should be another Idaho State-looking game. You know, BYU really backed things off against Idaho State by the time you got to the end of the second quarter. You should see the same with Georgia Southern. A couple news and notes coming from this BYU football team. Don't expect to see Neil Pau out there, which is kind of a bummer. It's actually a big bummer. Neil Pau is one of my favorite wide receivers on that team. He was a dominant force out of the gates. Um, Lloyd, I don't know how many people would believe this. I, I would imagine you'd believe me because you know my contacts, but Neil Powell is probably number two or number three as far as NFL interest on this team. More likely than not, it's number two. And and I've actually had people tell me that he was number one as far as NFL interest on this team. But I've got to imagine that Tyler Algier has really worked himself into that interest with his running ability. By the way, Tyler Algier just being announced as a Doak Walker semifinalist. I think they narrowed it down to like eight guys, I want to say, seven or eight guys. Which, by the way, that uh, UTSA running back that I was telling you about earlier, Lloyd, he was on the semifinals list as well for the Doak Walker Award. Let's see. One, two, three. Hold on. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Ten guys. He's one of ten finalists for the Doak Walker Award, which goes to your best running back in college football. So I think Neil Powell is up there probably number one or number two as far as, as NFL interest, and it, and it sucks to have him out of this game. I don't expect him back for USC. I don't know how much Kalani expects him back for USC at this point. And that's a bummer. Same with James Impey. I don't expect James Impey back this season 
either, and and that's a bummer. Maybe you get Neil Pau back for that bowl game. That would be that would be fantastic if you could expect that. But I do expect Jaron Hall to be a dominant force against Georgia Southern, and I expect a big-time win against a pretty mediocre team. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get things wrapped up, get you ready for Unrivaled and much more coming up on The Zone. That's all coming up next. Slow Mojo. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. The whole way the game is being refereed, some people are saying, well, that's why three-point shooting is down. People have said it's the new ball. People say it's the way the game is being refereed. Definitely not the bloody ball. Get <laughs> off that. All right. For our team, we actually talked about it the other day. Like, for us to have the record we're having and we're still playing reasonably well and winning games, those numbers you feel like are going to even out eventually. We, as a team, pride ourselves in trying to get the best shot every time. And I think if we keep doing that, then we're going to be getting open looks and overall we're we're a pretty good shooting team. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning on 97.5, 1280 The Zone at The Zone Sports Network. Listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Well, I've already gotten some hate mail uh, from people saying that this is supposed to be the Cougar Football Preview Show, and you've spent way too much talking about the BYU basketball team. I completely disagree. And to the two or three people that have tweeted that at me, just send those to spam. Just know I disagree. When BYU goes out and gets a big time win over a number 12-ranked Oregon team. we, we got to talk about it. It's the Cougar preview show. It, it deserves time and attention. And beating Oregon 81-49 to deserves a lot of attention on the Cougar preview show. It was a big win. Alex Barcelo was fantastic, 25 points, probably the offensive highlight of the game. But there were some great defensive highlights. Gavin Baxter and Caleb Lohner were physical. They were on the spot. They were in position almost every time they were asked to be in position defensively, forcing shots back out to the outside, grabbing boards, making sure that they're cleaning up all the defensive glass. You had Gideon George, who was very active. You had some of the guys coming off the bench, knocking down big shots. Seneca Knight and Spencer Johnson combining for 19 points off the bench. A couple of big threes from both of them including Spencer Johnson's. I talked about that with Mark Durant there moments ago. Spencer Johnson had a big three. But this is a big-time win for Mike, Mark Pope and, and his staff. This is a big-time win for this BYU basketball program. And I wanted to let you hear from Mark Pope. This is Mark Pope in the postgame talking about this gigantic win for BYU. Guys, uh, we're, we're super excited about the results tonight. Um, this we have so much respect for this Oregon team. I've been in this gym twice as an assistant at BYU on both times. Uh, actually, not once as an assistant uh, at Oregon and then once in the NCAA tournament. Got 
beat both times. This is a great team. It's an incredibly potent offensive team. Uh, we were, we knew that we were going to have our hands full uh, defending the glass and, and actually trying to guard these guys because they have five players on the floor almost all the time. They can do everything on the court from shooting to driving to make plays. And so I'm super proud of our guys. I thought it was a great effort as a group and, and uh, we're excited to kind of keep, keep trying to get better. Take any questions. Do your guys, do you, I realize a lot of stats are going to get thrown out of this team, but this is only the second time in Dana's tenure that something quite as lopsided with the shooting percentages involved. Do you have a locker room? Do you have guys who appreciate things of that magnitude beyond like the postseason resume and what this can mean for you yeah. three, four months from now and those sorts of things? Probably enormous. Yeah. You've already beaten good teams, but to do it in this fashion, yeah. do you have guys who appreciate that this is something so lopsided, one of the biggest wins in 12 years or opponent against the I think my guys are going to hear all that. I think they're just hungry to try and get better. Like we just we feel like we have a chance to become a really good team. And, um, and we wanted to get better. Like, we're hungry to get better. I think the guys are really excited about the challenge they had in front of them tonight. I mean, we, you know, uh, Nick Robinson put together the scout for this, for this game, and, and we spent a ton of time honoring how potent this team is offensively and, and working on uh, trying to get locked in on exactly how we wanted to give it our best shot to manage it. Um, and I think the guys were super successful, so I think they're hungry to kind of do it again. I mean, they're going to hear, you know, all the, hear all the noise, but but I, I think these guys are actually having a lot of fun. They've invested a ton. I mean, we went through three and a half weeks of two-a-days, and, uh, you know, we have some guys who come from all over the world to be here at BYU, and, and we do it a little bit different there, and so they're just hungry right now. We knew this first three games was going to be enormously challenging, um, and, and so we're just excited. To, I think the guys are excited to get home and then get back to work because we do think we could be a really good team. Yeah. You obviously talked about wanting your team to get better. They want to get better, but just from a coach's standpoint, what impressed you most about your team? Yeah, listen, we knew coming in we had some real problems. We, we, Oregon fixes themselves on the offensive glass, right? So in the first two games, they didn't miss any shots. But when they did miss a shot, invariably – they just went and devoured the offensive glass, and it's such a confidence builder. And for whatever reason, maybe it was partly us, maybe it was partly them. They didn't shoot the ball really well early, and so and then we just refused to let them fix it by getting the offensive glass. I thought my guys did an unbelievable job fighting on the glass. We knew it was a huge, it was a huge challenge for us. And then we we tried not to let them fix it in transition. We tried not to let let them fix it by causing turnovers and getting in transition. And with the, with the exception of just a few possessions, I thought we did a great job of all the ways where we where they normally fix the game. When it's not going right, I thought we were really good about saying we're not going to let you fix it that way. You're going to have to fix it the hard way, right? You're going to have to fix it by making some hero shots and and kind of finding your rhythm the hard way it is to find the rhythm. So I was super proud of our guys for that because they stayed with it all game long. Yeah. So Alex what he did tonight, we've seen a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, for him to do that on this stage against this team, uh, what do you see out of him tonight? 
I mean, there's just no words left for this guy. I mean, I know the country hasn't seen him. I don't understand exactly why, because we've been really good the last two years. But, but this is Alex Barcelo. Like, this is what he does. Like, he he goes in on the road against number twelve in the country. It's nine for eleven, and not just nine for eleven, but he does it a hundred percent in the context of how we play. He's not breaking things off and going into isolation. He's not forcing shots. He's just, he just is like become a master of what we try and do. You know, somebody put out, uh, and I'm saying this with all due respect, somebody put out like Alex Barcelo is one of the most underappreciated guys in the country or a dark host All-American. I'm like, I don't understand that. Like who in the country has done what he's done in the first three games? I mean, his first game he had 24 points in six shots against San Diego State. He made every big play. And he rolls into number 12, Oregon, and is 9 for 11 from the field. Uh, I mean, it's just – I just don't – I don't I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure he will be I, – I just don't understand. Like, the guy's incredible. Like, he is a star's star. And he does it exactly right. Like, he does it right. Like, he, it all blends into everything we do. He's just a – the kid is incredible, man. He's not a kid. He's a young man. He's, he's a really special young man. And And, and – it's not even the best thing he does. You know the best thing he does? He makes our locker room right. And and so he just is he's he's, he's spectacular. Anyway, you can tell I'm a fan. <laughs> there you go, BYU head coach Mark Pope describing Alex Barcelo and doing it in a in a, a very fantastic way, just talking about all the different attributes that makes Alex so great. And I can't tell you how important that Oregon win was for BYU just working on strength of schedule, working on resume for tournament seating. You know, outside of Gonzaga, I don't know how much help you're going to get inside that conference schedule in West Coast Conference play. But I do know you're going to get a lot of help from this Oregon team because this is a team that should go out and win the Pac-12 conference. You've got one more shot at a Pac-12 opponent in your uh, in-state team and rival in Utah. That's going to be at the Huntsman Center. That's going to be a very, very hard-fought game, and, and it should be good. I, I know that Utah's new head coach, Craig Smith, is, he understands the rivalry now. Remember, Craig Smith got a good taste of what that rivalry was with Utah State, and now he ramps it up a notch going over and taking over this Utah team. So next week you get a shot at Utah at the Huntsman Center, and that's going to be a big game, but none bigger than taking on this number 12-ranked Oregon team and then beating them 81-49. to And you can understand very well why Mark Pope is excited as he, as he was in that postgame presser. Uh, big thanks to everybody that made this a great Cougar preview show. Big thanks to everybody. Uh, Lloyd, by the way, big thanks to everybody, and especially you. You put together a heck of a show, Lloyd, and, and, I, and I owe it all to you. The success hey, we're a team, of, man. We do this together. The success of this together very show we reach. rested in your hands. And you went out and got Mark Durant. You got Will Snowden. You got uh, the beat writer from Oregon. And it was uh, a fantastic show. So thanks to you and everybody else that made it great. We'll hang this one up. We'll hand it over to the team of Unrivaled. You get to hear from them. That's all coming up next here on 97.5, 12 of the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.